You are listening to the Growth Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cherise Fierce. And on here, we discuss all things self-love, self-actualization, spirituality, get into the bag, and becoming a self-made icon. This podcast is an audio extract from my YouTube channel. You can view this video by searching The Growth Project Podcast on YouTube or Sharice Fierce. For more information on my exclusive content, classes, courses, or my services, be sure to check out sharicefierce.com. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in, and you already know the drill. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. Good night, everyone. Welcome to another live episode of the Growth Project podcast. My name is Sharice, and as you guys know, I am forever your host. So today we have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us. We have the beautiful and talented and wise Felicia Guerriere. Felicia is a trained social worker, a trained clinical social worker, and she now provides one-on-one counseling, therapeutic coaching for couples, um, couples counseling, individual uh, counseling as well. She's also an author, a podcast host, and a love coach. And um, today she brings her wealth of wisdom to this conversation that we're going to have things I wish I knew before I said I do. So before we get into what today's topic is about, um, Felicia has a podcast and I truly, truly love your podcast. If I'm not mistaken, it's called Heart Work. Heart Conversations. Heart Conversations. And something that Felicia always says is that, you know how everyone says like, love is hard, it's hard work. He says, well, love is heart work. And I truly, truly love that. Um, I think it's such a great and clever spin on the word. And it truly shows us what love is um, truly about. So before we get started, um, let's just do a quick get to know you, Felicia. Where did you, how did you coin the term love is heart work? And um, how did you get into this work? Um, So I have done a lot of things um, as you can tell, Uh, but I've always been one of the people who enjoyed listening. So I've always, you know, tried to be a good listener. Um, I may not have been such a good listener with my children because, you know, as parents, you want to be the, you want to provide solutions, (laughs) but I've always been a good listener. So I was always a person, I'm in a family to like, kind of hear, listen and kind of give advice. So, um, I kind of, you know, decided to, you know, use what I have. And uh, when I did go back to school um, for social work, my, uh, you know, my professors were saying, you know, they encouraged me a lot to tell me that um, it's not just a a career, but it's a calling and that a lot of people will do it as a career. But when you have a calling, it becomes very, very natural. So um, I kind of just use all of my um, work as a nurse and all of my work as administration for different um, institutions and how I kept having that listening ear. And I just used it towards something that I think is the most important thing in the world, and that's love. 
So, um, you know, being a, a black woman, um, I definitely understand uh, historical trauma and understand how that healing can look and how it can be complicated. Um, so I kind of just bring it all together in this wonderful potpourri um, around coaching and around um, the entire Lovelands. So it's just something that I think is beneficial in every area of your life, even in your physical healing. Um, love is also very important. So here I am trying to do the good work um, and I'm your love coach. So yeah, it's a You're long history. We could, we, that's a whole podcast on how did you start? So I it, you're definitely you're definitely doing I feel the Lord's work so please please continue and just so happy to have you here um because I feel like you have a lot of wisdom you have a lot of experience and this work is truly needed like as human beings what's something that's super important in our life and super like a super integral part of our life is our relationships our ability to relate to one another we have this you know normal biological need for love and um it's important to know how to lead to each other how to commit how to have long-term commitments and i'm so happy to lead us through this conversation so um for those who don't know me and felicia uh, met through the nonprofit that we both work for um that we both work with which is caracope wellness alliance we're actually um co-hosting a a live workshop this week um, on Thursday, and throughout the Felicia is friends with one of the with the founder, and I am also a part of the uh, corporation. So we just met up, we linked up like right away. We're Sagittarius sisters, um, so we just met, and you know, just fireworks. We all kind of like think similarly. We all are in the helping their service industry. And um, I feel like Felicia just has so much experience and so much wisdom that she can share with us, especially those of us who are in the current age right now where we may be thinking of settling down, um, having longer commitments, and maybe even just choosing the person that we may want to do this journey with. So I invited Felicia here to help us, you know, kind of like to guide us in that way and to help us make that decision if we're thinking about it right now. But um, we're going to get into it. So something that Felicia mentioned to me while we while we just, you know, talk every now and then is that she was writing a book. So she's been sitting on this book. Um, she's been sitting on this book for a while now. And uh, this book would be in the theme of things I wish I knew before I said I do. And I um, I found that interesting because it was like, wow, yes, we need that, especially from a Black woman's perspective. Um, we definitely need that in our community because there is a lot of rhetoric around relationships or marriage that is not very helpful. You know, like marriage is hard. That's just marriage or all people cheat, that type of thing. And I'm like, no, we need brand new, fresh, healthy perspective. So talk to me about why you, what was the inspiration between, behind um, writing a book like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I've been married for 32 years now. Um, my wedding anniversary was in 
was on September 14th. And I was one of those people that got married twice. So I tried to celebrate too. So I went to the Justice of the Peace in March. And then we did the big wedding um, in September. So I was really young. Um, I was 21 years old. I had like just turned 21 when um, I said I do. And when I turned 40, um, I was looking back over that and I was just thinking of all the things that I wish I would have known um, before I said I do. And I've been like playing with the idea of this for years, for years, because it's like almost immediately after I said I do, I realized it, that there were things that I wish I would have known. Um, yes. And if you knew me as a teenager, you, you know, the, my close friends knew that my declaration was that I was not to ever get married. So yes. I was one of those young girls who were, I was not looking to be married. I was not expecting um um, of Prince Charming to come and rescue me. None of those things. I, I did not believe that fairy tale. Um, I really believe that the saving was going to probably have to come from myself. Um, so much so that uh, when I was in the military, when I was in a, when I was in college, my first year of college, um, I had like a little, a, a little scholarship, and um, I was in a car accident when I was younger. So the uh the funding the school found out that i had like money from a car accident so they pulled my financial aid um so i was like what am i gonna do and i went into the military so mm -hmm. i was definitely of the vein of i have to do what i have to do to to get my education all those things never thinking um you know like okay i'm gonna get married I did have a boyfriend, but still not thinking that I was going to get married. Um, and to be really honest, when I was in the military, um, I was able to see how um, fleeting life could be, how quick you have it, how quick it'd be gone. Um, I was in the Desert Storm conflict, so I saw a lot of um, death and just the idea that I'm in a war that... Um, that doesn't mean I will come home. So when I came back, um, my boyfriend at the time was like, I, I think we should get married. <laughs> yeah. So um, for me, I think if I didn't have like the real, the realization of how quick life can come and go and how fragile it is, but most importantly, how precious it is and um, how if you love someone, that maybe you know you shouldn't play all of the games and maybe I shouldn't just adapt to the idea that um, I'm too young. So all the things that people tell you. Once mm -hmm. I was in that war and came home, I immediately start to like have to think for myself. I was like, okay, now I have to think for me. Um, I have to do what's best for me. So mm -hmm. um, getting married young, there was a lot of things I just, didn't know what I did know is that I wanted to I wanted to do that because I, I love this man and I wanted to create my own narrative so I, I knew that I knew that from the beginning um and I think young people to young people now you know feel the same way you feel like okay I don't want to necessarily do it like I've seen it done um I want to do it you know a different way I want to do it a way that like resonates most with me I want to do it a way 
that's not all the things that we've heard that is not hard like you said that that men don't cheat so i was really looking to try to um to figure out how to design it for myself um mm. i was just talking to my husband recently about how we will invest money in um courses trainers gym you know we'll invest money to better ourselves but when it comes to relationships that we won't necessarily invest the time or even a course or a book to better understand how to have um, a more positive relationship so that's what really mm -hmm. anchored me in wanting to do this i wanted to be what i didn't have and i wanted to mm -hmm. give to others what i had to to do you know the research that i had to do to try to make working to understand it yeah i love that that is such a good point. I want to let everyone know who's here tonight. There is a small lag between when I ask a question and Felicia answers. So she's like, <laughs> there's it's no awkwardness. I don't want you guys to ever feel like, oh, there's some random awkwardness in here. It's just um, we tried it out before and there's like maybe a three second lag. But I just wanted to say, Felicia, that that's such a great point. We would invest money in our car. We would invest money in, in certain courses, but we do not invest money in our relationships. Sometimes we, maybe the most we want to invest in our relationship is a date night or like a dinner. But what about the other things? And our relationships are so important because, I mean, we live with that person in day in and day out. And it's crazy that you just brought this up that we don't necessarily, and if we feel like we have to invest um, money in our relationship, I feel like there's a negative connotation with that. If you're like, oh, I invest money in my relationship, it's like, well, is your relationship not working? Like, why do you have to invest money into it? Or why do you have to do this extra thing? It shouldn't be all that complicated. But I know we're gonna get into it today. And um, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on this. But before we go there, so what are so what are some of the things or what are one of the things that you wish you knew before you said I do? Because you said you got uh, married very young, um, around under 20 a little bit. So what are some of the things that you wish you knew back then? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to say that the 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 pause the the, the pause that we'll ha that we have because of the way we're streaming I think is good and deliberate because it gives us a time to kind of hear and ponder on the question that you say and then also um, the response that I'll give. So I think it's a good thing. Um, so I got married at 21, and the first thought to um, what I wish I would have known before I said I do is that not just myself, but also knowing that I didn't know that depending on what version of life was occurring for me would be the person that I would show up so that I would be constantly evolving. And then not only that, but now I have a partner who is also constantly evolving. So mm -hmm. when I first came home from the military and we married really soon after that, after we married, he would say, you changed. Mm. And I would say, um, I was in a whole war. I was a soldier. So of course I changed. I'm me at the core, 
but I'm definitely evolving into um, a different person because of my environment and because of my situations. So that's definitely something that I wish I would have known is that the version of me that might have you know, fallen in love would change, that I would be constantly evolving, um, evolving mm -hmm. as a wife and a student, evolving as a wife and a career woman, evolving as a wife and a mother now that's balancing being a wife, being a career person, being a mother, that I would be constantly evolving and that they would have to be so much adaptation on both ends. I, you, I just did not think of that. I had no idea um, around the evolution and adaptation that the entire relationship requires because of, we, you know, we're still two individuals, even though we're one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, absolutely. Um, such good points around growing in a relationship. I think that um, I know both of us have talked about that, but sometimes we go into relationship with these fairy tale kind of views where we feel like things are going to be and they lived happily ever after. But there is a lot of growth in that ever after. And who's to know if you grow in the same direction? So, um, you recently celebrated 32 years of marriage, so congratulations on that. Um, how would you say that you were able to grow together um, or grow with it to, like towards the same direction for 32 years or reach to this point after 32 years? That's so funny. And I wish, I wish I could have the beautiful, you know, answer that makes it sound like it's just, you know, a nice day in the park, but um, it was not. So it felt like we literally grew out to come back together. Mm -hmm. And wait, is that like, that's a heart. Yeah. So we started here and we grew mm -hmm. all the way out <laughs> to come back, to come back together. Um, and that's, that's the part of that investing in the relationship. So mm -hmm. just like you have to, just like you commit with your vows, you make a vow, right? You make a vow to each other. You make a vow before God. You make a vow with your family and your friends um, that you two are going to, you know, stick it out through all of the um, things that you vow to, to stick it out through. Um, so it depends how you see the vow. Um it depends on if you're like, okay, we're going to be, you know, two feet down, 10 toes in, grounded in um, each other, that no matter what, we're going to kind of stand the test of time. So there's like this huge, huge um, root of loyalty and respect that I think is paramount. I think you can kind of go through all of the crazies that can happen but if you have the loyalty and the respect. So I was really blessed that um, he and I really agreed on this in the beginning of our relationship. We agreed on um, setting a boundary around never being called out of our names, um, never belittling each other um, in, the, in the arguments, we agree to disagree. So we, we, we definitely agreed in the beginning to not have these nasty, um, 
heated arguments and definitely no physical violence, you know, because I felt like if we, if we respect each other, I'm not going to call you out of your name. I'm, you know, so we definitely had a strong, strong, strong foundation of respect um, and loyalty. Uh, in the beginning, I was very honest about um, not feeling confident in marriage uh, because it, it just seemed like it was just work that I didn't want to do. So I was really honest with him in the beginning. I was like, I don't like you, you sure? Like we going to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I needed a lot of, like, if he, if he was here, he would tell you, I need a lot of, I need a lot of reassurance. Um, but um, big shout out to my uncle Lawrence and Aunt Francis who were and had to this day have still been a great example of um, marriage and love. So I was really, really blessed to have that, to know that it existed um, mm -hmm. and very much wanting to be that, you know, for this generation, wanting to like be like, it work, it can work, it can work. Anything can work if you work it. And um, that's how I'm saying like being able to invest in a relationship is paramount. And it's not just financially, but the time, the time to literally take time out of all the things we're doing to intentionally invest in your relationship. I have all of these like um, intimacy cards, all these little games you could play that's just involving communication, because sometimes it's it's hard um, mm -hmm. to communicate in a really deep and thoughtful way um, for a lot of people. And so there's like, you know, cards you can buy and you, you know, you both pull a card and pick. It. So there's all these ways that you must, you must invest, sit down together and watch a TED talk. Like you must invest in the relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And the whole idea around communication is key. Um, it absolutely is, is key. I was really excited when my son and daughter-in-law was mentioning um, how communication is not the only thing that's key, but comprehension, like understanding what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, those are the, those, those are some of the things. So loyalty, respect, investing in a relationship, um, communicating, but also understanding, knowing that you both are going to evolve, giving yourself a lot of grace. The more grace you can give yourself, the more grace you can give him the more grace mm. you can give the actual relationship. Um, and then of course, there's that wonderful um, theme of forgiveness. Mm. So before, um, I don't wanna say before we go into that, but that's a, that's a good point. I think my next question to follow up on that would be, what are some, I think you already named some, but in your opinion and in your profession, what do you feel makes a solid basis of, or foundation for a relationship? What are the things that we need for a solid? Know basis? thyself. Hmm. Knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Knowing your um, negotiables, knowing your non-negotiables, knowing your boundaries, being very honest with yourself first because um oftentimes we can go into a relationship and you create everything in your mind first so mm -hmm. sometimes depending on who you are as a person 
Um, loneliness can call. Loneliness can call you. Um, peer pressure can call. Uh, family traditions can call. There's all these things that can call to you and distract you from um, having a pure love lens that meets you and your heart. Mm -hmm. um, time. <laughs> Some women are like, I'm running out of time. So all of these things can call you and take you from who you really are and the things that mm -hmm. you value. Because I promise you, if, if you get into a relationship because you're just lonely because your mama said it's time, you will attract someone who's also kind of getting in a relationship because it's late and it's something to do and whatever. So you'll mm -hmm. always attract what you are. So mm -hmm. knowing who you are and knowing what you want in the beginning and being, you know, very prayerful, you know, like really seeking, seeking God around it um, can save you from when you start here. If you kind of go away, can save you from, you know, just being linear. It, you know, mm -hmm. it, it'll save you from some of the travel, mm -hmm. um, you know, and also some of the investment that you might have to make in um, couples counseling because you're so far from each mm -hmm. other. Absolutely. So in 2020, the world stopped. Um, as we all know, COVID came, devastated the world. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of rhetoric around relationships. A lot of people breaking up because they were finally in the house together for a really long time. Um, a lot of, we heard a lot of um, those types of stories as well as some on the on the on the darker side, I would say, with um, intimate violence, etc. How would you say COVID um, impacted your relationship, your marriage, as well as even what did you see even in your clients in the, around that time, your client relationship, both. So you personally, but professionally as well. How has you how have you seen COVID really impacted? our relationships in general? Mm -hmm. So um, for me, uh, my husband is an essential, um, he was an essential worker then. So he was out. <laughs> so he was out of the house. So I didn't have all of the um, situations that a lot of people had, uh, you know, around being in the house for, you know, days and hours upon hours because he was um, essential. So I, was on the other other spectrum where there was you know like a lot of praying and everything that he would be okay um being out there and um you know going through the things that everyone else went through like if you had an essential person in the home and if they caught covid and how you had to separate and all of those things so but for my clients i absolutely um statistically they we had a a, a high higher incidence of domestic violence um um abuse uh, child abuse um, and divorce, because uh, the things that afford us the distractions from ourselves and our relationships has shut down. Um, so you had to be at one with yourself. So that's why one of the the you know biggest the biggest advice that I give is always like checking in with you, um, loving you, knowing who you are. A lot of times we say uh, 
oh, I want someone to complete me. And if you're my client, you know, I'm already going to tell you, you, you know, you find the way to complete you. You cannot look outside of you for that completion. Um, you can't put that burden on someone else. So um, during COVID, when um, we all were in, uh, I did like a lot of workshops as well. Um, I did a lot of pro bono because everyone couldn't afford um, counseling. And it was definitely because if you have not done the work of stealing your own heart, of stealing, stealing your own mind and of being okay with who you see in the mirror um, mm -hmm. and having a strong faith, then that was a time that could really um, not just, and the reason that you had so much problems was because individually we were having issues ourselves. So if I'm mm -hmm. irritable and then you're ir irritable, there's, there's just going to be um, a lot of uh, battles and bickering. So um, I once heard someone um, mention how when you're in a battle with yourself, he made the imagery of you having like knives. And if someone gets close to you, they'll get hurt um, mm -hmm. while you're hurting yourself. So mm -hmm. that's like the imagery around what happened during, um, during COVID that if I'm battling with me and now I have no distraction, I can't go out to work, I can't go out to school. Um, and now I have the burden of the fear, the, the fear that the world um, experienced, um, the traumatic stress that the world was experiencing, the grief that um, so many was experiencing because of um, all of those who transitioned. Uh, it just, be, you know, it just came very, became very heavy. And uh, if there was a battle with you, all of it intensified and um, a partner next to you uh, would get it. Your children would get it. So that's why my work is so, so paramount to holistic healing with yourself so that when we're in those deep, dark times, we know how to dig into our faith and ourselves um so yeah it 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 was tragic on many levels um because a lot of people didn't come out of the pandemic um some you know like i said transitioned and a lot of marriages also just transitioned relationships transitioned um so absolutely that's that was that was a big a big thing and um it definitely pushed and propelled me into more of the um, the coaching work. Because prior to that, I was doing a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And I actually okay. um, had to tell my partner that I was doing that work with it. I kind of really wanted to do work around uh, my community um, and around like um, historical trauma and just like black trauma. Because during that time, we were the ones who they kept giving the statistics that were being affected most by the pandemic. Have you seen any, what has the progress been, been since then, like in your professional work? Have you seen, like, how things gotten better? Are we still in the same type of situation in your opinion? Or have people been doing the work? So, yeah, the, the amazing thing um, from the pandemic that all people in mental health were um, really rooting for was how mental health 
you know, started to not be as stigmatized. Um, the world realized how really important um, our mental health was. Uh, the world understood now more than ever um, traumatic stress because it was kind of like right now without many people realizing it, we're um, going through like globally a post-traumatic uh, stress from that event. Um, mm -hmm. And even now, you know, different places are talking about the COVID, COVID rates going up. There's still vaccines, um, boosters <laughs> and all of these things. So the fear the fear around the narrative of fear in itself um, has been something that has allowed the um, the mental health community to, you know, kind of be more embraced than before. Mm -hmm. So now, if you know, you say you want to have therapy, you might not be as shunned. <laughs> you might not be as shunned as before, and um, now it's becoming a little more acceptable for couples to have therapy and coaching and to go on retreats and to invest in themselves. So coming out the pandemic, um, mental health definitely um, had its own platform. Um, so earlier you talked a little bit about the importance of getting to know yourself um, in a relationship so that you can be that solid foundation for yourself and know your needs, et cetera. Did you feel like when you got married at 21 that you knew yourself at that point or knew enough of yourself? Um, so it's that's a that's that's such a great question because um the the Felicia that I knew was now not the same person. So I absolutely wasn't knowing who I was now because I was now trying to um become settled in being a civilian because I had been a soldier. So mm. that was a whole transition um, that I was undergoing. And then the idea of being something that I didn't really want to be for so long, a wife. So mm. I was still kind of in shock with that as well. I was like, wow, I'm a wife. What am I going to do? So I absolutely did not know who I was. In, in, mm. in that transition. And this is why, if you work with me, you know that one of the things that I say is, you know, if you don't know who you are right now, tell me who you want to be. So I was able mm. to tell myself, like, I was like, I don't know who I am right now, but I want to be a, a good wife. I want to have a career as a nurse. So I knew what I wanted to have. So that's when I had, you know, I was like, okay, let me invest in myself. So I would get books on um, the first book that I got. My son was born in 1990, 1991. So in 1991, I picked up um, the book, the love, seven love, the love languages mm -hmm. to try. So I just started like buying different things to kind of understand the transition um, that I was in. So even though I didn't know who I was, I didn't know who I wanted to be. And mm -hmm. I felt like that was okay, you know, and, and then once I went to therapy, um, my therapist also thought that was amazing. She was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> She's like, that's a good idea for you to work on who you want to be, um, you know, because the, like trying to process uh, going from a soldier to a civilian in itself is a lot. 
Um, so it made it, you know, it, it, it makes it really tangible on paper to be like, oh yeah, you didn't know, you didn't know who you were. Absolutely not. Um, so the whole evolution of constantly evolving is, is, is why that's also a theme in my work because who I was when I met my husband was definitely not who I was when I married him. Mm -hmm. I'm also hearing you say, um, that you didn't necessarily want it to be a wife, um, especially at 21 years old. Um, as a fellow Sag, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I feel like Sag women are so hard to pin down. But uh, <laughs> what what was the reason for not wanting to be a wife? Or like, why did you feel so strongly about not wanting to be a wife? Oh my goodness. Absolutely around. And it's so funny because my husband, my husband told me, he was like, you used to say it all the time. Um, I was like, I have daddy issues. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I don't trust men. Um, I, I don't like marriage. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like stuck in something like all the things like I, I just was so much so that like the first thing that went wrong, the first thing that went wrong in the marriage, I was out. O-U-T, out. I was out. And all of my babies, the people I mentored, the ladies that I know, I always tell them, I'm a fan of separation. Like you can separate to kind of figure out, figure it out because sometimes everything is like happening so fast and all of the chemicals because in, in, in biology around the neuroscience of your brain, you know, love is addictive. Um, so sometimes you can be like running off of all the chemicals. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I will encourage you if, if it comes up that if you have to separate to kind of catch your breath, just to like look at it for real, for what it is to see if it's something you could do to do. Cause that's what I had to do. As soon as something hit the fan, because, you know, we have like the self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't trust it. All of mm -hmm. those things you say will happen. Mm -hmm. If you like, I don't know if it's going to, if it's going to work, I don't know. It happens. So as soon as something happened, you know, it was my, it was, it was my turn. I was like, yep, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I was able to um, get that escape and just kind of be more reflective of what it was and then look at myself again and say, okay, who are you now? Who do you want to be in this, mm -hmm. like for yourself? And then who are you in this relationship? Who do you want to be in this relationship? So I mm -hmm. always go back to, um, to those two questions and, um, to this day, I still, I still ask myself <laughs> those questions and, and give myself time to give myself an answer. I love that you say, Hey, I'm a fan of like separating until you figure it out. Um, and it's true. It's true that love is very, love is very addictive. Um, and I feel like in all the senses, um, I'm trying to, there, I literally had a question and then it just went away. So I'm going to look up my notes really quickly to see, um, what else there was. Okay. I remember. So, um, earlier we were talking about even like, what are some of the things for a, like, what, what are part of, what is part of the strong, a strong foundation for a relationship to survive? 
and a thrive. And I feel like with what you're saying, what you said as well, like with the self-fulfilling prophecy, prophecy, one of the things that is important, I believe, for a solid foundation is that commitment as well. So like you were saying, like going in, you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't trust this. Um, and 100% for sure, that would be what would be reflected back to you. And um, when we're going into relationships, I feel like it's important for both parties to be very committed and super committed to doing the work and growing together. Um, just being committed in general will, will help with a good part of the problems. From my experience, that is what I've found. Um, would you say that you agree with that? Absolutely, 110%. Um, but when, but saying this, I have so many thoughts in my head, um, around that, around, you know, like the first commitment needs to be to you. Um, because, and the reason that I say that is because, um, like, how do you know how committed the other person is? Like, you mm -hmm. won't really know until something comes up. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but if you're committed to yourself, you know, you can say it'll free you of all of the things that bothered me. Like all of the, what if, what if, if I, if I would have been able to be really committed to me, then I would have been able to say to myself, like I, you know, teach now, whatever happens, whatever comes, the only person I can control in this situation is me. So if it does not work out, I'll be okay because mm -hmm. I still have me. So when we're like looking to the other person, um, as long as we're committed, that's dope. But you really don't know how committed the other person is. So mm -hmm. when I talk about um, knowing who you are and knowing your boundaries and knowing your negotiables and your non-negotiables, yeah, when you're ready to like, you know, before you say I do, it's having that conversation with your partner as well. Um, having mm -hmm. all of those conversations, like all of them, credit score, what's your relationship with your, mm -hmm. with your parents? Um, any, ha have you been abused? Um, what do you, what does love look like to you? Um, what's your faith? We go into church, we go into synagogue, we go into the mosque, where we go, like what's going. So it's all of these questions that like, when you're in the butterfly of love, none of it matters. <laughs> but it all really matters and it's not something you need to like ask right away but um it's definitely some conversations to have you definitely want to know um you know like trying to find out where where we are mentally because one thing about relationships is that you bring your best self in the beginning um the best self could be like just who you want to be but not who you are yet and um, you like know who people are, you know, we're like a tea bag. Once you put the tea in the water, it has the boil before you can smell the aroma, you know, before the, the leaves come out into the water. So you won't really know who it is until those times come. But if you're, if you have reassurance in you, your God, you know, you'll be okay. That leaves you free of the fears. You know, a lot of our relationships are um, being, you know, driven by by fear. And uh, fear is a whole lot of energy that um, can definitely 
definitely um, cause the harm that is intent to. So uh, I think the biggest thing is to um, try to do all the things to not have the fear. And that's why I say, go back to yourself that you're like, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. To feel safe within yourself. So um, what has been your best either principle or um, method to not getting complacent or accepting complacency in your in your marriage or in your relationship? Uh, so that's so funny. I was talking to my daughter about this recently about how I told her, I said, well, one thing I hope, you know, you and my son see in me is definitely one, my faith, um, one, one, my relationship with God and two, like how everything I want to do, I'm going to do it. So if, if I want to go to school, to be, if I want to join the military, I'm going to do it. If I want to go to school and be a nurse, I'm going to do it. If I want to um, go back to school to become a therapist, I'm going to do it. If I want to write a book, I'm going to do it. If I want to like, don't, don't live in the, um, I wish I had, or I will win, but to do all of those things, because then there's no resentment. If you can just do all the things that you want to do, there's no resentment. And as you do them, you will constantly evolve and evolve quicker. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, your, 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 your partner, your spouse should be your number one cheerleader. Right. They should be the one like, yes, do it. Yes, do it. Um, but to, and it's going back to like being true to you. So doing all the things that you want to do will allow you to grow in ways that you will never regret. You'll, you'll never regret doing the things that are pushing you in your heart to do. And mm -hmm. your partner, your life partner, if that's really your life partner, is going to be your number one cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, when you say, when you said you need to do the things that you need to do so that you don't harbor any resentment, I think that's so important um, because even in my, you know, 28 years of life, you know, I've gotten out of relationships where I'm like, oh, I feel like I've wasted time or I didn't get to do this or I should have been doing that. And um, I realized that a relationship doesn't really need to stop my goals or anything like that. Like, so if I was sacrificing my goals or putting myself on the back burner um, for a relationship, then that is not the relationship for me. And once I understood that and I learned that, I made it like my mission. Well, not a mission, but I just made sure that in every relationship that I went in, that I felt comfortable following my dreams, going after my goals. And if the person that I was with did not get that or did not understand that, then they were just literally not the person for me. Um, because a lot of, especially I see this with a lot of women and a lot of my friends and people around my ages, we can get into relationships and then we start like modeling our goals after what we want our relationship to look like or oh I'm gonna get married finally maybe I don't need to do that anymore maybe I don't have to take that class anymore maybe I don't oh we kind of talked about this so me and like the only person you can control like you said in that relationship is yourself and you don't know how anything is going to go and you need to make sure that you are definitely taking care of yourself that you're the path that you want to be on and that that person like you said is a cheerleader and a compliment to you 
um, and not becomes your whole entire your whole entire life. Because in the past, when I've had situations where I have molded myself or changed what I was going to do because of the person that I was, when that uh, situation ended, I always, always just felt super bad about not following my path, not following my goals. I felt like I was behind, um, even though I wasn't. But I just felt like, oh, I could have invested that time on myself, and I didn't. So. I agree 100% with you um, on the importance of of that. Absolutely. And, you know, giving yourself grace. I'm so happy that you said, um, I, thought I, I thought I had wasted time, but I didn't. Because nothing is ever, like, wasted. There's so much, there's so much knowledge um, in things that end. I think I wrote something about that recently about how um, beginnings and endings are both beautiful. Like mm-hmm. they're both beautiful. So when we um, end a relationship, there's so many le- there's so many lessons, and you get to see who you were, you weren't, and you just learn so much from that. So um, that's a, a great point that we didn't even think about. Like when you actually have to um, have the strength and courage to step out of a late out of a relationship. It wasn't a waste. There's a lot of things that you learned about yourself and a lot of things that you've learned on what you actually really want in a relationship that you may not have ever thought of before. And now you know what you want by finding out what you didn't want. Um, so we learn in everything, in every area. Absolutely. And I know we're going to go more into this in our workshop of this Thursday. So just for those who joined us, me and Felicia are actually doing a workshop this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. EST um, in collaboration sponsored by Caracope Wellness Alliance. Um, You can find all that info. uh, We'll either put it in the description or you can just find it on our Instagram. Um, And we are going to be going into a lot of the topics that we're talking about today a little bit more in depth. Um, so definitely check it out. We're going to give you guys more information uh, towards the end, but I just wanted to bring it up because um, I think that that is a good point. And I know that that is something that's going to come up um, in our in our workshop. So um, my next question would be, what do you think about the current dating landscape? Right. So I don't know if you look at TikTok, um, but I think just Instagram is enough. Um, there is so much conversation around what do you bring to the table? What does the man have to bring to the table? Do we go 50-50? Um, there's just like all of this conversation. So I'm interested and curious to, to hear what do you as a love coach um, and someone who has you know, gone through 32 years of marriage, what do you think about the current modern world landscape of dating and everything like that? Like, just give me your thoughts. <laughs> Listen, um, I had this conversation with one of my cousins and I was like, first of all, if this ever came up in a relation, in, in, in a, a date or whatever, I was like, I would be offended. I would be offended that you're, because by the time we've been on some dates, you you don't like, you know, what's going on. Um, uh, at one point I was like, uh, we, we should be 
uh, building this table or we need to go out and buy this table. Like, what are you talking about? What am I bringing to the table? I'm like, I am the whole table. I am everything. The bigger question is um, with what we have, how can we build more? How can we set the table together? Mm -hmm. Like what? Like it may it makes no sense to me. Even when I was younger, and that was a big thing that people would say, "Well, what are you bringing to the table?" I, I was like, "That's just I, I just don't like that question because that's already setting up a relationship in a way that I don't want a relationship to be." Um, mm -hmm. We already know I didn't want to be a wife, so you know that kind of question is really triggering for me because I'm like, well, yeah. Um, yeah. but. The, the the whole conversation around it, the whole conversation around it now, I feel like um, all of this is just massively transactional. Um, and the way that you can like swipe a person, um, it's, I, I'm, I'm like, that, that, that is no, ooh, it's rough. It's very, <laughs> it's very telling of the times. And um, yeah. that's part of the reason why I, you know, you know, of love coach because I'm just trying to get everybody to kind of come back to their first love, the first love of um, communication and touch mm -hmm. and um, conversation yeah. and play and laughter and music and dancing and flowers and learning the things that the person loves because you know the things that you love. And um, yeah, that's a really loaded question and I hate it. I hate it. I hate the whole, what do you bring to the table? And I, I hate the narrative now around um, women just, you know, not needing a man and not needing all of these things. And it's like, uh, if that's fine for you, everything, ev everyone, you know, has their own individuality and they, and everyone has their own season. So when I look mm -hmm. at the young ladies with all of that, I'm like, that's fine. This is the season that you're in and you're allowed change you know and all of those things um but i don't like the underlining thing that feels very violent to me and not violent in a physical way but violent in the sense that um is like what traditional not even traditional but what what love is you know patient um long suffering uh committed uh soft um security reassurance partner like all of those good things that we've been seeing. Oh, yes, the economy has been obsessed with, yes, with transactional relationships. And it, it's like, I'm, I'm open to whatever serves you. If that serves you, then that's fine. But I promise you in my 52 years of life and 32 years, well, I'll be 53 in a minute. And my 53 years of life and in my um, 32 years of marriage, if that's serving you now, then that's fine. But definitely be open to the evolution that we're, we all evolve and need other things. Like you've heard the mm -hmm. stories of people putting their careers first, becoming millionaires, and then they're at the top and they're like, oh, wow, I wish I could have invested more in this. Um, and I don't want to say the loaded question about Jada and Will, but I saw um, uh, you know, her new book is coming out, and Will wrote her a letter saying, "Well, if I would have read, if I would have read this, if I would have read this thirty years ago, I would have gave you more hugs." So um, always look to your future self. Like you might be 
feeling how you feeling and transactional is what's popping for you right now. But if you mm -hmm. can sit and think about where I'm going to be when I'm Miss G age 53 or where I'm going to be when I'm my grandmama age, um, you know, you might think differently, but I don't like it. I don't mm -hmm. like it. And even don't even get, you know, even even around with like the whole thing with Will Smith, like, there's you know, everything comes like from trauma. We definitely um behave from how our you know traumatic experiences have helped us so that's why when i work one-on-one -on -one with the person or even when i work with a couple i absolutely work with the couple separately because we first have to um really identify um what's going on and why and, and where the trauma lies so that we can kind of get back on the same page so um, I often see I, I see everything from from that type of lens and um, and give a lot of grace in that. But the whole transactional stuff is the world responding to fear. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I hope I hope we can get past like I'm just so ready for us to get past that type of conversation. Like, what do you bring to the table? Um, and I, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there as a woman. <laughs> If someone asks you that on a date, like, feel free to end the date because I'm being really serious. I feel like, like you said, by the time we're on a couple dates, um, you already see what you see in me. Like, why are you even pursuing me? Why are you courting me? Why are you dating me? You obviously see what you want um, in me. So, or what you, what you think can, you know create a beautiful relationship with you. So what's the point of asking that question? And I feel the people who ask those questions, um, they don't see you for who you are because if they saw you for who you are or if they saw a uh, true value in you, they wouldn't ask you that question. So yeah, super transactional and um, like, mm -mm, I'm not for it. I'm not here for it at all too. And I truly do hope that we get that and we get into something a little bit more where we um like you said like we get back to the love um I feel like in this day and age like so I'm a lover girl um and I know Felicia you love love so I feel like it's so weird for me in this day and age to be like I'm a lover girl I love love because every <laughs> so much of like the younger generation like you said is that kind of transactional um pay for me type of vibe and it's like that is not gonna get us super far and like even with your story I'm seeing two people who loved each other who were in love with each other even that being difficult to maintain they have you know even you guys having to navigate the nuances of love imagine two people who don't even really care that much for each other but it's super transactional like you give me money I give you this like that is not going to last <laughs> like if true authentic love is hard in itself how the hell is just having something super transactional gonna beat that like it's not so I feel like at the end of the day it's not giving sustainability um and like you said it's really just the season right now it's just a flavor um the flavor of love but I feel like most people will see sooner or later that it's it's not it's really not giving and it just creates more it just creates more trust issues more than anything. Um, we are coming up on our one hour mark. Um, so for those of you who are here, thank you guys. I love all of the comments that you guys have been uh, leaving so far. 
I have a couple more questions for Felicia before we talk a little bit about uh, our um, workshop coming up on Thursday. Uh, feel free to add in the comments uh, any questions or anything that you guys would want us to talk about before we end today's live. Um, now is the time to put your questions and let us know what you guys would like um, what we, you guys would like us to touch on. But um, before we continue, uh, uh, let me see what I want to ask you, Felicia. So even with the current landscape of right now, right? We know modern world, how it is right now. Do you believe that marriage is still necessary? Like, because there's a lot of people who don't necessarily believe in marriage anymore. They're just like, we can just live together for the rest of our lives. It doesn't really change anything. So do you believe that marriage is, is necessary or still necessary? Okay, so here's my disclaimer that I believe that everyone has the freedom to do what they want to do, live the way they want to live. Um, that's on you and it's awesome. I'm going to still love you. Uh, but um, the institution of marriage... To me, um, my kids say that sometimes I seem very conservative, but um, the institution of marriage to me definitely um, highlights and kind of resembles um, the world. So if marriage is kind of like under attack and it's something we don't want to do and people kind of don't want to do it because of fear, like I'm going to say that forever that the pinning and underlining reason that people don't want to get married because of fear from A to B. Financial fear, um, relational, like everything. I don't want them to take my money or I don't have enough money or I don't want to be cheated on or um, mm -hmm. I want many wives or like it's it, there's so many different narratives on, on why people don't want to be married. And to me, the underlining um, thing is fear. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to go through the heartbreak. Um, so it's a bunch of reasons. And um, I just think that that fear um, and the the whole um, idea behind like, you know, this, this new narrative in society around what do you bring to the table? All of these things are definitely pushing the institution of marriage um, away. So therefore, to me, like when you when you seeing the sanctity of a home, being challenged, um, I feel like that reflects the world. And sadly, you know, right now we are um, kind of like, you know, war, maybe not, you know, you know like the, the government politics are, everything is just a lot. There's all kind of wars and everything going on. So I just always felt that, uh, absolutely. So I, I just feel like if we if we are not embracing love and um, a committed love, committed enough where legally I want you to be my my person, uh, because um, I had a friend who said this to me and I thought it was profound and I don't think I'm quoting it correctly, but basically she said that um, we're getting married because it's irris it would be irresponsible for us um, legally with what we have to not be, um, mm -hmm. and I was like that's. I was like, I don't think people think that way. I thought that was just so, and she's a very, very young woman in her twenties. Um, and I just thought that was so wise and, and amazing. Um, Cause we don't understand that like 
uh, if you're not married, there's a lot of legality into everything. If if your partner transitions, you have no say. Uh, it's just a lot. So that when you really love someone um, and you want to marry them, you want to marry them so that you are not just one in the spirit, but you are literally one on paper. That we're doing all of this together. If something happens to me, then you like we're doing this all together. We all have a say. I remember when my um, daughter was younger; she wasn't 18 yet, and we were going out the country. And I, my husband, had to write that it was okay because it's like we won. Like you sure this okay? Um, so mm -hmm. everything. So when you're married, everything is going to be done together, and that's absolutely a vulnerable place, but it's very rewarding um, if it's someone that you love because there's some things you don't want to go through in life alone. Um, yeah. You know, and you'll have, you, you know, you can have some more uh, security in having someone else help you with some decisions. Having very important, but like, like I said, people are in different seasons. And right now you may be in a season where you're like, absolutely not. And I, you know, and if you get to a place where someone in some relationship is sparking your interest, um, I would definitely encourage you, if your heart is really going there, to kind of be curious and follow it and um, not let love navigate. I mean, not let fear navigate, mm -hmm. but um, kind of allow the love to navigate. I love that. I think as well to what is coming up for a lot of women of our generation and even younger is that they have been seeing or you know from stories and from people you know talking about their experiences it has been said that marriage is has been more beneficial for men than for women um and that men benefit more from marriage than women do um seeing as there's a lot of like toxic gender roles um etc so I feel like there's a lot of rhetoric around that. And the younger generation is like, okay, maybe I don't want to even get into this because like, I'm going to basically almost be like a servant in this relationship. And I don't like want to give away my, all my energy to someone else's dreams and to someone else's career and to someone else's path while I'm being drained. So what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about the toxic gender roles or do you believe like, I see that there's a little bit of it that's true, but I, I'm curious to know your experience um, professionally and um, personally. Do you believe that marriage kind of like benefits one party a little bit more than the other? And that may be why a lot of people are just like, uh, a lot of women may not be wanting to go into this relationships anymore. Absolutely. I, I get it. I was the women. I was the woman that didn't want to go into <laughs> didn't want to go into those type of relationships. Um, and like I said, fear is fear really drives it. You know, I was like, I don't want to lose myself. So there's a thousand and one reasons why not to go into it. But um, medically, there it is medically proven, and there are statistics around it that men who are married live longer. <laughs> men who are married live longer because. Um, they have someone who can uh, can care and see. So, um, you know, when you're when you're married, you are each other's um, help me 
and you know the yin to the yang and the abc you know you're you're complimenting each other so if like for instance my husband my husband um he don't care about going to a physical but i'm gonna be like oh you is you need to get your physical so when the last time, every time we go, every time we go, I'm going so I can make sure I say all the things that he might not say. Some some women like absolutely not. I am not going with him to his doctor's appointment. I am, you know, it's different from me because I'm a nurse. So I just so I know just it's just different from me. Like anybody in my family, I will go with them to a doctor's appointment because I know how you kind of might get the white coat syndrome and forget. But his doctor always tells him a wonderful African Egyptian man that says. You know, you live longer because your wife is here telling me all these things that you wouldn't tell me. So um, there's that benefit that men live longer if they're married. Um, and now for women, uh, when you're married, like I said, you have all of this authority and power to create the relationship you want. So that's how you can start out in a dating. In dating, you start off talking about these gender roles are crazy because... I don't like to cook and I don't, you know, like just having those conversations and mm -hmm. um, someone, someone said around a discernment, like if you have that conversation, you should like, I'm talking about me. I don't like to cook and I don't believe in like these gender roles because, you know, um, I have this career having that you starting with that conversation, talking about yourself, you will find out what's up by the way they respond to what you're saying. So mm -hmm. either they're going to be like, yep. And you have the conversation or they're going to be like, no, I want someone that can wash the dishes and clean the house. And it's like everything that everything that a woman in the olden days, what their gender told them to do is something that absolutely can be shared. Mm -hmm. My husband loves to cook. If anybody in here from my family or friends, they already know. They like, oh, no, Walter does the cooking. It's so bad that my little sister is like, I I know you didn't cook this, even if I cooked it, because he he's the one that does the cooking. And um, it's, it's what's needed. Like sometime, you know, I, he got a muscle cramp. I'm going to rub his, give him a massage. Most of the time it's me with the muscle cramps. He has to give me the massage. <laughs> so it's absolutely interchangeable. Like you want to, we both want to take care of each other. Why would my responsibility more than your responsibility you know so none of that makes sense and we definitely can see and we learn we learn from the previous generation and every generation learns and every generation you know grows um you know grows from that my auntie um used to say uh she used to say you pay to be the boss so like whoever wants to be the boss in a relationship no one can really that's not sustainable. You really can't do all of the things. So you must partner. You both mm -hmm. must meet each other to help each other. You're both mm -hmm. meeting each other to help each other. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that doesn't work. And I don't think it ever worked. I mean, like back in the day, it was what it was. There was farms, agriculture. It was a different time. So mm -hmm. um, with the times that we have now, if if you need two people to pay for a more rent, then we we helping each other completely. Mm -hmm.
I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I agree that every relationship is different and you set the tone in your relationship with your partner and what works for you guys works for you guys. And there should be no set roles of you need to do this. I need to do that. You need to do what works for both of your relationships. Um, something that works for my relationship is playing to each other's strengths. So like you said, if this person loves to cook and it's less of a hassle for them to cook or they are better at it or whatever, and they are willing to do it most of the time because not it doesn't mean because someone does it at something means that they want to do it all the time, <laughs> um, then you play to that. Um, if one person is better with finances and saving, then you play with that. But it should never be, I think it should never be on one person to do anything in the relationship unless you guys decide for it to be that way. But I think just best practice, it shouldn't because that just builds resentment and like complacency and all of the things that we um, try to avo avoid when we want a thriving relationship. So I'm really happy that you brought it up, Felicia, that there doesn't need to be roles. We're helping each other. We're balancing our relationship always. We're constantly balancing our relationship. Um, so I'm seeing we have a couple of questions in the chat. So before I get to them, um, I want to ask you, Felicia. Um, so I was listening to one of your latest episodes on your podcast, um, Heart Conversations. Part conversations. I want to make sure everyone gets that. And you talked about, I think it, at that point, it was your three year anniversary. And you talked about, you know, you're just happy about marrying your best friend. You talk about going through different ups and downs and the growth that you guys went through together. So I want to ask you really quickly what was the hardest part, do you believe, of your marriage, of your relationship so far? And also, what has been the most beautiful part of your marriage relationship so far after 30 plus years? Oh, that's such a good question. And it's really ironic because as I think, um, it's I think it's the same, the same um, situation. So the hardest part in our re relationship um, was a, was when trauma surfaced and um, we were able to um, realize that certain behaviors were from um, a traumatic place and we both went to therapy together because I was I was in therapy um, prior and um, my husband had never been into therapy. And when all of these trauma things were coming up and the behavior around the trauma, and we wound up going to therapy together. Um, it was the hardest part of our relationship, but it was the most beautiful because now we are um, learning tools, but not just learning tools. We're actually in a place where we became safe to um, communicate in a different way to each other and to learn how to do that. So it was very, very hard, but extremely beautiful because that's how we got to 32. <laughs> that's how we got to 30. Um, so the things that can be the hardest can also be um, blessings um, in disguise when you're like reflective on it. And uh, yeah, it was really, really hard, really, really hard. And um, going into when we were in therapy, we realized that 
a lot of this were like trauma responses and um, it made us closer because we were able to say things that we never said. Because um, sometimes trauma, you know, hides, you know, you kind of push it down. Um, you're in denial of it or deep, deep trauma. You don't even know um, deep childhood trauma. So um, it's extremely beautiful to, to, to still be in a place to be able to share and understand that and um, see each other um, grow. And what has been the most beautiful part of, you know, marrying your best friend? That we got to do that together, that we got to do that. We got to do that together. Um, that we got to sit on the couch together within therapy together for like the hardest, the hardest conversations. I think that was like, it, it was beautiful because, mm. it, it, you know, it's like almost um, a rebirthing, you know, because mm. you get to, you get to trust each other. Um, and that's what I found out. I found out that love to me is um, emotional safety. And I didn't know mm. that to a T until that happened. And until mm -hmm. we were sitting on the couch with a therapist and I was like, oh, wow, now I can really identify what love is to me. Um, mm -hmm. And then that beautifully brought this out, the whole love coaching um, from those experiences. So, like I said, my hardest situation in my marriage wind up also being the most beautiful. I think that's so beautiful and an amazing way mm -hmm. to uh, moving to the next segment. So um, we have a couple of questions in the chat, so I'm going to bring them up so that we can answer them. And then we will um, end by telling you guys about our masterclass workshop. So let's bring it up. So we have, this is a beautiful question. What is the best piece of marriage advice that was given to you that you also gave to your children? Oh, um, real old school. <laughs> Uh, to keep God first, um, um, you know, and to, and to, and to pray because uh, like, for instance, in the situation where I said it was the hardest time of our marriage, the most beautiful time, that was a time um, that I, I personally definitely had to like really, you know, hone into my faith and, and really pray and have faith that we will come out on the other side better because um, the personality that I definitely have and I shared is that when things get rough, I want to run. I, I want to run. I want to, I don't want, I don't want all the drama. Um, so just to, to, to know that, um, you know, you can still pray. You still have, you know, faith. You still can um, go to God with things that you might not be able to go to anyone with. So um, that's definitely what I, even today, today I, I text um, my in the law and um i was just telling them something and saying re remain prayerful so absolutely we have another one here is there a difference in actions that a girlfriend should take versus uh, a wife being a wife should we be doing girlfriend uh duties yes wife do not do not do not do any wife duties as a girlfriend and it's so funny because, you know, that's like old school, you know, you know, your grandmom and them said things like that. But I promise you, it's true. Do not be a girlfriend and do any wife jobs. All of the legalities of of, of being a, a couple. So we're not buying a house with our boyfriend. We're not but like none of the things that cause you to sign your name or to commit 
yourself in a way um, that a, a you know a wife does because as a wife you're doing these things because you and your you and your partner are already one you 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 and your partner aren't one as uh, when you're you haven't been married yet and I feel like it can just set you up to set you back um, you know. So we're not going with him to the to get his checkup. Yeah, don't don't do it. No, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not. I'm. Every situation I'm, is different. I've just met, but I'm with telling you. you, when you're doing these things, be be cognizant, be cognizant that you're investing a lot. You're investing your time and yourself in that. So. You know, in regular investments, you want a return on your investment. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't Absolutely. suggest it. <laughs> Absolutely. I see a lot of um, like messages on like TikToks around like, you know, well, my boyfriend like retired me or he told me like to stay at home and everything like that. And it's like, unless there is some sort of paper signed or contract, that is not the flicks that we think it is. Um, especially if like they can be gone tomorrow. So I absolutely agree with you that marriage is sacred. And I think it's also meant to protect two people's investment in a long-term committed relationship. My question for you, Felicia, would be, um, what would you say to anyone listening um, especially the the younger generation right now that is in this climate of like f love, don't care about love, it's all transactional. What what would you what kind of advice would you give them to kind of like bring them back to their heart space? To um, think about what would it look like if they fell in love with themselves. Hmm. Tell me more. Mm hmm. So, you know, questioning, see, I wasn't telling you more because now this is a whole session, but <laughs> questioning why, like being really curious with that, like, you know, being really curious, why, why F love, why is it transactional? So mm -hmm. it would be um, a lot of questions of why. Um, and then, you know, like I said, well, what would it look like when you kind of like because most of the time when people say that it's because they've poured out a lot and they didn't have the return. So they absolutely need this time to pour back into them. So the anger, you know, that's like the frustration and anger. And it's because, you know, you get hangry when you're hungry. So it's like their emotional um, cup is empty and they're just like starved. So now it's time to pour back. And there you are, you have me in a whole session right now, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. The people get to see a little bit about what you do. So someone asked about what about expectations? I think they asked this question around when we were talking about like what you bring to the table and that type of thing. Um, what about like your expectations or your standards? Like how do you communicate those things um, either when you're dating or just like starting a relationship? Well, you say it, right? Like, you know, um, so... If you're, if you know, if you're dating, there's nothing wrong with asking, like, if you don't want to, there's a way that there's a way of flavoring it all. Um, so sometimes it seems really transactional to be like, oh, what do you do? Um, how much, you know, that sounds very transactional, 
But, uh, you know, better questions are, um, do you enjoy your job? You know, um, what's the best part about it? You know, you know, so it's just like always being curious, always being mm -hmm. curious is wonderful. And then if you, you know, um, come across someone who feels like uh, you ask too many questions, that's also something to think about because um, communication is always going to be around questions being asked. Um, so it's, it's definitely around um, being curious and, and flowering it. So with all of your expectations, you have them. Um, and you and I talked about how people can fall in love with potential. Um, so that's, you know, that's a whole a other podcast. That's a good place. But definitely um, have the conversations. Yeah, that's a good place to end. Let's end with that. Talk to me about what would you say? What would you tell people about falling in love with potential or about potential? I think that's an awesome place to end. Um, and then we can bring them to the workshop. Like, what are the dangers of that? Yes, absolutely. It's really dangerous because um, we live in, uh, you know, we live in this dimension right here, <laughs> right here. So potential is um, something that has not manifested and potential has like um, no proof. So potential is a place where like, you know, God is speaking to, but that doesn't mean that the person has answered. So you can see the potential in the person. Sometimes you see it and they don't see it. Mm. There's no way that they can manifest any of their potential if they don't see it, if they don't invest in it, if they're not um, allowing it to move. So it, they have to be putting in action. So if you invest in just potential um that can completely bankrupt you um there's mm -hmm. no reason to um for you to invest emotionally um and spiritually into something that the, the person has not invested in in themselves if they haven't given a yes to it for real because they they can say oh i want to own my own restaurant one day and mm -hmm. you have not seen them do anything to that. Like I always tell my kids, um, I used to tell them, always walk in the direction of your next. You just start to walk in it, like walk that way. Um, mm -hmm. If it's picking up some books on it, if it's taking a, a free workshop, watching some TED Talks, always walk in the direction of it. If you're not walking in the direction of it, then, you know, it, it, it's a no, because that means it's alive in your mind, but not in theirs. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I think that's so important. And it lends to something that, you know, we've always heard our like grandmas and our moms say is like, look at actions um, versus just words. And we can say a lot of things. We want this. Yeah, we're planning on doing this. But at the end of the day, if we're not doing anything to show that. Um, yeah. So we have one last question before we talk a little bit about love redefined. So it says, if you're a woman who has never had a married woman in your lineage, all your maternal uh, energy has been side chicks, basically. What would you tell a young woman who wants to break this generational curse? Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and you having the desire to break it 
means that you have the capacity to break it. And um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's not just who am I, but who do I want to be? So you can all you can be your mother's child, but you also can identify yourself as who you are. And if you're desiring to be a wife, then you just you know embody what that is. So when you see all of the um, things that lead to being um, the side chick, you have all the authority to to say nope, to say to say no to that. So you know I always say that we are a culmination of our choices and our decisions. So you can just start to agree with that. Like you've already, you know, you've already agreed and um, choose that, choose that, you know, say no to that, to those side chick um, endeavors, you know, that season can be over because, mm -hmm. you know, we all may have, you know, it all, it all may have been in those seasons, but now, you know, you want to change that season. So you're saying no to that and um, yes to, um, to being a wife. Uh, and it's an honor, it's honorable. And like I said, everyone in their season, um, everyone are in, you know, you have individual, you can individually make your own decisions and remembering that, remembering that I can make this decision and in claiming and knowing yourself as being the person to break that curse. So that's awesome. Awesome. I love that. And you know, I'm a big coach, so um Sometimes, you know, saying curse, it could also be um, the decision to to change, to just change something that was just familiar. So you just want to break those cycles, you know. Mm -hmm. So some people can relate more to being, you know, it, you know, saying it's a, you're breaking a cycle, you're breaking a curse. So absolutely, that's who you are. That's who you were born to be. Mm -hmm. Breaking. And I would. All advice is not all advice is not created equally. So if the people in your lineage are not responsible or like aware or conscious of the cycles, definitely not the people to be taking relationship advice from. Absolutely. Let's, so um Felicia, let's get into love redefined and also um the answer to this question too, I would say is going to be answered with this workshop because tell us a little bit about what Love Mind is about. So this Thursday, me and Felicia are co-hosting a workshop with Caracope Wellness Alliance, which is a, not, a mental health nonprofit that works to um, change the narrative around the stigma of mental health for in the Caribbean, for um, Caribbean descendants, natives, um, etc., and we're co-hosting. Um, it's Felicia is the facilitator, and I'm assisting her. And the name of this workshop is Love Redefined. So tell us what was the um, inspiration behind um, behind Love Redefined, and what a little bit what we can expect this Thursday. Absolutely, um, I definitely decided on the name well you know Desiree helped me with the name but definitely decided on doing this type of workshop because I really feel like um love has become uh weaponized um transactional um stigmatized uh you know it's like it's the weakest link in a room 
And I just wanted to uh, start to create and build on a platform of embracing it and um, showing it for the strength that it is. Uh, as a nurse, uh, one of the first things that I learned that was um, just really shocking was how a newborn baby can die without touch and love. So the baby can be healthy, but if you don't um, love the baby, touch the baby, that the baby could actually die. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. So um, I studied the neuroscience behind love and all of the things um, around it. And I just feel like right now, more than any other time, that is something to embrace. It's a light that needs to be shine. And um, I just want people to have a safe place where they can um, express heartbreak as well as triumph. Um, mm -hmm. All of the ladies and men that might come with heartbreak um, and feeling very vulnerable can be encouraged from those who can give you their triumphant um, stories around it. And to just let you know that um, it does it does not have to be tragic, that it can mm -hmm. be as beautiful as it really is. And that's because the first love is going to be with you. You know, all of our Bible scholars, you know, said God so loved the world that he gave. And so giving yourself the opportunity um, to kind of be poured into. So allow me to pour into you a little on that evening. Um, some of us have an empty cup. Some of our cup is full, but hopefully we can get to a place where it's kind of running over and you can kind of spread and share it. So just trying to be a little bit of hope um, around love. So in that sense, that's how we're going to redefine it because it's been getting a bad rap. So I want, want us to redefine it for the light um, that it really is. I love that. Thank you so much, Felicia, for even for accepting me to assist you in this workshop and for allowing me to collaborate with you in this workshop and bring my story as well. Um, for those who want to join us, it is free. It is Thursday, October 19th at 7.30 p.m. EST. It's going to be on Zoom. Um, and for those who are going to join, I'm going to tell you guys already, like, it's going to be a safe space. Like Felicia said, I'm going to be getting super vulnerable, telling you guys my story with love, my stories. So if you guys, you know, follow me, want to know more about me, want to know how I got into all of this, you know, how I started doing my heart work, definitely come out. I'm literally telling you guys all my business. <laughs> But it is in the name of um, it's in the name of something good. It's in the name of vulnerability and transparency and empowerment. So it is definitely going to be um, an empowering conversation. And we want to in um, invite all of you who are here today watching the live, those who are watching the replay before Thursday. Um, we really want to um, invite you guys to join us as we redefine what love means to each one of us. And um, I remember me asking the question about how do you want to break that cycle? And I think that something that's important about breaking any cycle is redefining um, what that means to you. Redefining what love means to you will help you um, break that cycle. So this, like I said, this workshop isn't just about love in the traditional sense. Um, it's all about 
rediscovering, redefining, and nurturing the most crucial relationship that we, of all, the one that Felicia has talked about this whole entire conversation, and that is the one within ourselves. So both me and Felicia are um, true advocates of self-love being the foundation of success in so many areas of our life. And uh, we both truly believe that love is like life. Life has its awesome moments and it has its down moments and love just parallels that, but it's still such a beautiful thing. So come with us this Thursday, uh, 7.30 p.m. on Zoom. The link is in my bio, it's in Felicia's bio. And um, come join this safe space, a safe space to share, to heal. And like Felicia said, to let us pour into you guys a little bit more, help you redefine love in your way so that you can move forward and attract what you truly desire. So Felicia, thank you so much for coming on here today for this beautiful conversation. Thank you for pouring into us. Thank you for giving you giving us all your wisdom, being vulnerable with us, talking to us about your marriage, talking to us about the ups and downs, giving us advice, um, giving us all the things you wish you knew before you said I do, I before you said you do. I truly, truly appreciate you coming out here today and being vulnerable with us. Is there any last thing, any last words that you want to tell the audience, anything that you want to leave them with that you feel like they, just to equip them for their, um, for their future relationship or their current relationship? Oh, absolutely. Um, my daughter has actually convinced me, um, and I said yes. She told me that I really need to do um, a series on what I wish I knew before I said So look for that i'm excited about that but i also want you to be curious come and be open come with expectancy and um, most of all uh come with knowing that whatever season that you are in your walk with love that you absolutely can create and redefine it to what you see in your inner heart for it to be um with all of the vulnerability and all of the power that you actually have. So I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so happy to have Sharice being um, in it with me. I'm so excited about how we're gonna be vulnerable, real and raw. Uh, that's what um, the generations want to know. They wanna know like, well, how did you do it? You know, everything is, you know, like, well, how did you do it? And mm -hmm. even though my whole story might not be your story, you can always glean from it and learn from it. Um, and uh, yeah, so just come expecting, open, curious, and um, and just ready for a nice immersive time, you know, like be hugged by us. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Me too, me too. Uh, Felicia, just let the people know where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, Heart Conversation, how they could work with you if they want to work with you if they loved what you said today. Just time for your little shameless plug. All righty. So on Instagram, I am at lovecoachfg, F as in Felicia, G as in Gary A. So I'm at uh, lovecoachfg on Instagram. And on Instagram, you kind of can find everything in my bio, my website, my calendar, um, all of the good stuff. Um, let's see. I am 
also going to bless you all. Whoever comes, whoever comes to the um, to the workshop on Thursday, uh, we're going to send you out um, one of the um, books I wrote for my 50th birthday. It's called I Am Present. Um, so that's going to be our present to you, um, the little uh, ebook on um, I Am Present. And remember to find me at Instagram at lovecoachfg.com. My website is also um, www.lovecoachfg.com as well. Um, so yeah, so that's where you find me. And um, I'm looking forward to the upcoming workshops to expand more on what I wish I knew before I said I do. Uh, I'm also working on finally completing the book. The name of the book is um, Oil and Water, What I Wish I Knew Before I Said I Do. Um, and you can always follow us and find us um, at Carrie Cope to see all of the wonderful workshops that we do and all of the workshops that we offer. Um, and yeah, so, you know, come back on Thursday and then you can get a, 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 I can type in all of the ways that you can find me, but that's where you'll find me. Love Coach FG at um, Instagram. Yep. Thank you. I don't know if we were supposed to tell them the gift. That they were gonna get, but shh, if you're here on the live, don't don't tell them. But I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. It's okay. At least you'll know. At least you know you're gonna get a gift. Um, but Felicia, it has literally been my honor. Thank you so so much. I have enjoyed this conversation. Um, I love where I love where it went. I love that we kind of touched on everything. Um, thank you so much for, for gracing us with your presence, your wisdom, like I said, and your vulnerability. And I literally cannot wait to um, do this workshop with you on Thursday. I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And um, I'm very excited to hold space with you. So thank you so much for joining. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And I will see you Stay next. Good night, everyone.